Hello and welcome to the First and Ten podcast. We are back with another fantasy episode. We are going to be taking a look at uh, the dynasty, uh, sorry, the rookie drafts for uh, dynasty leagues and in particular our leagues coming up on Friday. And joining me for that, we've got Ash. How are you, Ash? Yeah, good. Thanks, Powers. You all right? Yeah, not too bad. Yeah, just. Uh, Did you enjoy the draft? Yeah, it was really good. I enjoyed it a lot this year. I think it was, uh, in a lot of ways, it was better, I think. What about yeah. you? Yeah, I agree. I think there was um, some aspects of it that I definitely think that they will try and use further forward down the line in other drafts. Um, obviously, it's quite nice with the first round. Obviously, you see the, the guys come in, a, they have a bit more of an interview because they have that interview, don't they, after they've, yeah. um, after they've been drafted. And that kind of, you, if you log on and find and type in the, um, say that the draftee that got um, drafted and then you can find the interview of them but that, that aspect you can't do you do miss a little bit and obviously you do kind of miss the atmosphere a little bit with especially um, um, when it has its, as it's moved around the country um, you do miss that sort of aspect for the first round but I think for the later rounds I think that they could actually use this going forward because I think that it flowed the later rounds especially flowed a lot better because I remember a few times when we've been watching the later rounds that you'd see the selections, half most of the selections come up on screen far more before they were actually talked about or introduced. Does that make sense? So I yeah, think that okay. you, they were quite, there's always a, like a kind of delay with the later days where you kind of know the picks before they've even started talking about them. So yeah. maybe that aspect of it will they might change. But um, yeah, like I said, it was a it was it was um, very well done considering the circumstances. Yeah, definitely. It was a, definitely a nice, uh, nice break from all the other stuff as well, wasn't it? It's was nice to have some, you know, it's not actual sport, it was sort of sport. Um, well, today we are going to do a two round mock draft, aren't we? We are going to do it um, based on Superflex and PPR, like our leagues are, but yeah, we'll uh, talk about stuff there. So I think you're going to take the odds and I'm going to take the evens up, aren't you? So well, do you want to get straight on um, and just go straight into the picks? So, yeah, no worries. Who, who, who would you have at number one in this? Well, for the uh, Superflex formats, which we'll be doing and going about, uh, I think the logical number 101 is Joe Burrow. Um, obviously, he was in the actual draft. He will be in this draft. I think that you know straight away that he's going to be walking in and will be the day one starter, unless there's bad circumstances through what's going on, that they don't feel that he's quite ready to get on the field. But I personally think with all the talent around him, um, with AJ Green, Boyd, Mixon, he's got the run game there. So um, he's got John Ross. He's now got T Higgins as well. So there's a lot of there's a lot of playmakers in that team. I think that he's got everything you want as a as a dynasty asset, as in for the super flex. So you can pretty much plug and play him from day one. And I don't think you'll really be missing a beat with um, having him. So he would be my one one. Yeah, I think I think that's a, a pretty easy pick, especially in Superflex, isn't it? It's I mean I don't know if there's been a sort of a number one pick as a quarterback that's gone into a better situation than this in terms of weapons in well, I can't even remember who would even compete with that to be honest. Yeah. It's uh yeah, a really good situation from there and yeah, I think an easy number one pick really in Superflex. Yeah, Especially definitely. if you have a 12-team league, because or more than that, because you know them quarterbacks get pretty scarce uh, once the yeah. buyers come around. Yeah. Uh, number two was hard because my instinct was to go to her, but I mean, especially if all the stuff going on and we've spoke, spoken about it before, I'm, you're not 100% sure he's even going to start straight away just because you don't know how much yeah. of an off-season they're going to have. So yeah. I think at two, I'm going Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. And... 
you know, I think he'd be my number one pick in sort of one quarterback leagues just because I think he's got the easiest path to coming in and having a big contribution. And I would always lean towards taking running backs. I know sort of wide receivers are probably safer bet, but I, I quite like getting these uh, running backs. And yeah, I love his situation. I love the fit for him there. I love everything about it. They don't ever seem to trust Williams, really. He never seems to get the run of yeah. it. And I do think that he might take away some of Edward Solaire's sort of ceiling, um, at least for this first season. But I think going forward, I think you'd be getting... He was my favourite running back coming into this draft. And Yeah, you said, yeah. And I think it's no different now. I think, yeah, yeah, you couldn't really ask for any better than that. So, no. yeah, at two, I'm going for, for Clyde. And, yeah, hopefully he can pay out there. Um, so number three for me, um, I will take the player that you passed on. I think that just with the talent that he is as a quarterback, I think that you can't, um, with these super flex formats, I think you're missing out on s- certain studs and certain starters at elite positions, especially in 12 team up to 16 team leagues. It can be really hard to find quarterbacks, especially with situations that we've had in recent years. I mean, I played last year and I lost five QBs in one season on one team. So I started the season with Andrew Luck and Donald. Uh, Luck wow. retired. <laughs> I traded for Foles. Foles broke his collarbone. I then traded for Cam. He he got injured. Um, Donald then caught an STD. And then um, I ended up with uh, trading pretty much my whole team for Russell Wilson. So I think the quarterbacks are so important in Superflex yeah. League that you need to try and accumulate them players as much as you can. Um, so for me, my one-three would be uh, Tua. Yeah, so I, I could definitely see that. And I, I, Tua, it was definitely my instinct was Tua. But ju- it's just them worries about if this was a normal situation, I don't think I'd even yeah. consider anyone else there. But just because it might be tough for him to start straight away, and then then you're just getting into issues with like picking up Fitzpatrick or whoever it might be, and sort of trades yeah. there just. Edward Teller was a sort of stress-free pick, but yeah, Tua is such a good player and I think he's going to come in and be great. But yeah, number three, I think he's more than worth that pick there. Uh, number four, again, it's that situation of do you go quarterback, really? Um, but I can't pass up on wide receiver and he wasn't the first in the actual draft, but Jerry Judy is still my number one wide receiver. And yeah, I'll take him at number four. I think so he's got a good spot there. He's going to be the number two, but I think it's going to be a pretty decent offense with all the stuff they've added there. And I think Judy can be great. And I think he will be great for a long, long time. And yeah, I think he's a pretty safe bet at number four. And sometimes it's nice to just have them sort of high ceiling players, uh, high floor players, sorry. And I think he is definitely that. Yeah, I think coming away from the draft, um, we were talking about just before that he's probably one of the safest players in the whole draft. Um, And with that landing spot, I don't think much has changed. I think everyone's kind of pegged that landing spot anyway with him. So a lot of a lot of us were thinking that Jerry Judy would come off the board and the Broncos did want him. So he, he was mocked there quite a lot. So we kind of expected that situation anyway. Yeah. I think that he offers that great middle target for Drew Locke now. I think that everything's going to work, that he doesn't have to be. You've got Sutton there, which you, you could argue could take away a few of his targets. But I think that landing in, in that Broncos team with what they're trying to they're trying to uh, plan for their offense. I think it's very good. So yeah, for me, still wide receiver one, and uh, yeah, love the pick there. For, uh, yeah. oh, so who, who have you got at five? Uh, for me at five, it's 
quite tough between taking the other quarterback yeah. and uh, Jonathan Taylor. Um, so I think for for this purpose, I think that I will take Jonathan Taylor here. I think there is a slight gap between, I mean, I'm a Chargers fan, so I did like the Herbert pick and I do believe in Herbert, but I still think there is a little bit of a gap between the top two quarterbacks and Herbert. I think that he's definitely going to be sitting this year behind Tyrod. I think there's no questions about that. I think the more questions uh, that Tua might start earlier than, than there is Justin Herbert. So I can see that you're not getting the season straight away from Herbert. So you could attack maybe a trade next off season if you wanted to acquire him. So I think that this time, I think that Jonathan Taylor is the clear going to be the clear number one running back for the Colts. That offensive line is beastly. So for me, I think that Jonathan Taylor going into that situation really leaves Mac. What you're wondering what Mac's going to be like. Um, and if Hines maybe take away some of the passing down work. But for me, I think this is going to be a similar situation to Chubb. I think that people are going to expecting someone like Hyde is what Carlos Hyde was, um, Mac is what Carlos Hyde was. And then all of a sudden, you're just going to see Chubb just take the reins. And I think that's going to be what's uh, happened with Jonathan Taylor. So Jonathan Taylor, really, really, really good running back. And I'm going to take him at five. Nice. Yeah. I, 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 it's, it's really tough with Herbert, just knowing quite when to take him because as you say it is a worry that he doesn't doesn't even play but I think sometimes with those sort of quarterbacks you can or just players in general if they're going to sit for a year sometimes whoever does draft them can panic a little and uh, you might have to get them sort of mid-season when they might have other needs that you can sort of pick them up pretty cheap so yeah, yeah. pass on Herbert for, for Taylor there is a pretty nice sort of pick <sighs> um, this is tough at six uh, <laughs> it's, 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 it's literally the same debate uh, I'll go Herbert just because uh, as you mentioned already all the value of uh, quarterbacks in um, these leagues and if you, if, yeah. you de- if you need a quarterback then maybe don't take Herbert maybe you could maybe try and trade this pick for another quarterback or yeah. do something else if you're desperate for a quarterback straight away but if you're not desperate and you can afford the pick to sit there then you're going to get a quarterback who's going to be there for a good time in the future aren't you he's so, yeah, if you're desperate for a quarterback, then maybe you need to try and be creative with this pick. But, yeah, I think if you can afford to sit there, then take Herbert at six and then you'll get in, yeah, a quarterback of the future who's going to be their QB1 in a pretty good situation for a long time. And you never know, you might get a chance to be playing this season anyway. So, yeah, who knows? But, yeah, if you can afford to take it, then I think Herbert at six is a nice pick. But, say, it's tough to pass up on some players that have probably got some value straight away and it all depends on your situation. But, I think just in general, I think uh, taking Herbert there is decent value. Yeah, definitely. I think he's definitely decent value at six. I think, like we said before, that's getting QBs um, in this scenario is they're like gold dust in, in when they go down. So everyone's scrounging around trying to find the next guy once one one player gets injured. So if you can get Justin Herbert in as your QB three, QB four, I think that's great business there. So he's going to be very good for the Chargers. And with his athleticism as well, he's got quite a high ceiling. So you could see more rushing side uh, coming from Herbert than you would do maybe the other two. So you, you'll you probably get more yards on the ground with him. Um, so yeah, number six, great pick, yeah. And do you think his value goes up because of sort of the landing spot of the other quarterbacks? It's going to be tough for any of the other quarterbacks after him drafted to really get any playing time this year without an injury. And you can't really bank on that, can you? So do you think Herbert being sort of the last quarterback might cause people to sort of jump up for him because, I mean, they're yeah, desperate. Most yeah, most definitely. I think that you've got Burrow, Tua and Herbert. And then after that, really, you're 
you're looking at probably Jordan Love or Jalen Hurds, and they've they've not gone to great landing spots. So they're behind Rogers and Wentz. So for me, you've got three clear quarterbacks in this draft that are uh, good assets to obtain quite uh, high up. So I think Herbert's got everything you're going to want. So I don't think you need to worry about it. I just think that there is a slight little gap between yeah. where I'd take Burrow and Tua and where I'd take Herbert. Where you took him, probably from picks five to picks eight with where I'd be taking Herbert. So I think yeah. his landing spot is perfect in that scenario. Yeah, definitely. So who have you got at uh, number seven? We are now seven. So number seven for me is tricky. Um, I am a believer in two of these players and they've land the landing spot of one of them is debatable if it's likable. So I'm going to go number seven. I'm going to go Cam Akers, um, like the Florida one. State running back. I think that the landing spot's just too good to pass here. I think that he's fallen in, other than maybe Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, I think that they're going to use him loads, Cam Akers. I think the Rams are going to, they, they took him high in the second round. Um, they've moved on, obviously, from Gurley. I'm not a believer in Henderson anyway. I don't think that he's the player that everyone thinks is going to pan out. So anyone who took him last year, I think that they're going to be, they're unfortunate. Unfortunate they've sort of uh, invested that sort of capital in Henderson. So I think Cam Akers will be the guy that they'll use more um, in. A, he's a far more versatile than Henderson. And I think that just that landing spot there is just going to be too good to pass up. So I think that coming in straight away, he's going to be picking up yards and picking up points for your fantasy teams. So I'm going to take Cam Akers there at seven. Yeah, I think what you said there is important because, I mean, I think we did our pre-draft ranks and I think Akers was your five, maybe? Uh, four or five, anyway. But yeah, the landing spot is so important and some of these yeah. others have got a tougher path to actually get in touches and get on the field, haven't they, where he... yeah. Easy as a clear as past, I think. Past, sorry, of these uh, remaining running backs. Yes, definitely. Um, so, I, I, it's a similar sort of situation, really, because there's wide receivers I like, but haven't necessarily landed in the best spots in terms yeah. of sort of path to it. Uh, I don't know. This is uh, a tough spot. <laughs> I will go CD Lamb at eight, just because you, there's so much talent there. There's obviously worries about competition for uh, touches in the offense, and yeah. that is more than warranted. But I just think that he is so good. It's going to be, I think that offense is going to be incredible this year. Yeah. And give me any players in it, whether they're wide receiver two, three, whatever it is, I think he's going to get his touches anyway. And I think he can do so much with that. And it could always help him, the fact that he's in such a good offence that he won't be getting the attention that some of these other players might do. So it's yeah. tough there. There's some running backs available that you could go. There's definitely some other receivers yeah. that you could have ahead of him. But even with a slightly questionable landing spot in terms of, say, it's, it's going to be a good offence, it's just whether, the, say, the competition for touches. But, yeah, I still like Lamb and believe in what he is. And at eight, I think you're getting a pretty good player there. And Yeah, pretty good yeah definitely. I think that that Lamb will be taking over Gallup's role in a year's time. I think that Gallup will be the one that kind of loses out on this one. His value's probably gone down a bit. I think that they've just invested so much money in Amari Cooper already. So I think Cooper owners might be slightly worried, but I think that they've invested so much money, they're still going to be looking at getting him heavily involved in this offense. So Lamb coming in, obviously, it's it's not good for Lamb believers because obviously they they desperately wanted... 
him to fall in a place where he was going to be the true number one. Um, so maybe him falling in with the Cowboys, there's going to be more of a timeshare with him and Cooper. I actually personally think Lamb's a better wide receiver than Cooper, but how that offense may work and how that works. Um, and Zeke is a pretty dominant in that run game anyway. So let, will you do worry, will Lamb get the touches that he could warrant? Um, so that's why he's probably slipped quite a bit and, and gone into this sort of range. Yeah. But you've seen in the past with players like Juju Smith, Schuster in particular sort of stands out where, I mean, he had a better time as a that second option rather than the first yeah. option who's getting all the attention yeah. and it yeah. can play out better for these players to be that second option on a team sometimes. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, 100%. Right, so right. nine. Tough, tough against him. <laughs> it is tough, yeah. At nine, I think that the value's probably too good to pass here. Um, so I'm going to take DeAndre Swift um, running back now of the Lions. It hurt me a little bit, this landing spot, because I desperately didn't want him to fall here. Um, but there was talk about it um, on day two that he was going that the Lions were interested in taking a running back because they had Kerryon Johnson and no one else. The landing spot, obviously, the Lions predominantly aren't very good at running the ball. They haven't been since Barry Sanders. So you do worry that is he going to be another one of their backs that they draft high and doesn't pan out. Um, I really believe he's probably their best running back that they've drafted for 10 plus years easily so I do believe in the talent here so I think talent in the end wins out it Karrion Johnson is a really good running back but he is getting injured far too uh, much for my liking at the moment so I think that maybe with your look maybe looking at a timeshare here at 60 60 40 sort of in the timeshare in the backfield so you might not be able to get the um, the bulk load that you're looking for from uh, from the fantasy owners from DeAndre Swift but I think that when he gets the ball I think that he's going to be good yards per carry and he'll be getting them in good situations so and that offense as well with Stafford Jones Golladay and a few others I think that they, they've got a high powered offense enough to support a running back if he can stay fit so that'll be the key I think that if Kerryon doesn't stay fit as he has done in the past and I think Swift can take that job straight on so I don't think he'll be missing a beat um, so I think that just just for talent wise, I think you can't really pass on um, DeAndre Swift here. Yeah, I like that, and it's a it is tough with a laddered spot, but I think that Patricia has shown that he wants to sort of run the offense through the run game, and whether that's with Swift or Johnson, I think one of them will work out well. Whoever's on the field, and I, I think they could be an offense that could support two running backs. Maybe not yeah. sort of right up there, but we've seen it from teams recently, and there's more and more teams. There's very few running backs that are just a sort of a bell, a bell cow and get every touch basically in the in the backfield. Is there anymore? So I don't think it should be too much a worry. And they are a team that wants to run the ball. Well, they haven't been able to, but they do want to. And uh, yeah, I, I like that there. And I think at nine is a pretty safe bet. Yeah, it's just good value. I think like a lot of people they would think talk taking Swift one oh one in non superflex leagues. So now if you're getting him in a superflex league, even a pick sort of six, seven, eight, I think that's such good value for such a talented player. Yeah, this this is the drop drop getting him here, isn't it? So yeah, yeah. I think that's fine there. Um next up it's tough again. Um there's again there's some players that have had some better landing spots. I don't sort of believe in quite as much, but I go for Jalen Ragor. Is that how you say his surname? Forget yeah. how you say that. Jalen Ragor, um, wide receiver he is. 
landed in such a good spot at the Eagles. I think there was talk when he landed of him being the wide receiver one, which I think is a little bit much, but I could see it just because you are worried about these other landing spots. He has the sort of clearest path to sort of lot, lots of touches straight away, I think. And yeah. obviously a good quarterback there, a good situation in Philadelphia for a player to go into. Yeah. They have a need for him. I think he fits well. And yeah, I think at 10, you're getting pretty good value of him there. And yeah, Jenna Marigo, uh and off the board at number 10. Um, so, 11, I'm going to take the last of the big five running backs. I'm taking J.K. Dobbins here. I think, again, similar to Swift, that people aren't uh, worried. He's fallen in a situation where he's got competition. Um, Ingram's still there, although he's aging. Um, and you've got... They did take Justice Hill last year as well. So, maybe you're thinking, oh, is he going to get in straight away? Will you be able to get... Um, the touches you want from that asset could you get him cheaper maybe next off season instead of investing him at 110 but I just think that he's just ultra talented and I think that in 12 months time we might be talking about a situation where JK Dobbins is the one with the clearest path to be an RB1 the following year I think that they're such a high-powered offense that Ravens offense and if you're talking about a running back that could be in 12 months time the clear workhorse in that team I think that you'll be people will be snapping your hand off to try and get him back so I think like you said here getting him at 111 I mean it's such good value end of round one um, so yeah I can't really pass on that again so JK Dobbins there at 11 Yeah I feel like he's one of them again if it sort of depends on your situation if you could afford to pass on he might not necessarily do too much this year although I still could see him doing okay this year Yeah, but if you can afford to sit on someone then yeah, yes. at 11, he is in insane value, I think, because yeah. he's going to go into one of the best rushing offences that you could possibly have and probably yeah. be, yeah, say I'll be one in a year's time. Um, So, at 12, I say it's tough because I say them, the five running backs have already gone now, sort of the five that you think of. I do think Vaughan's got a, la- a decent landing spot, but it's hard to pass yeah. up on some of these uh, wide receivers. And I think getting rugs at the end of the first round... I don't love the landing spot. I think he could have ended up in better spots. I don't think it's a bad spot either. And I think, uh, yeah, I'm going for Henry Ruggs at the end of uh, the first round here, number 12. So I think he's going to, I think he will do well there. I think there's not tons of competition there in terms of wide receivers. I don't, I am surprised that Raiders took him, to be honest. I just don't think, I think they would have been better off with one of the other two. But yeah, they obviously like Ruggs and say, there's not tons of competition in that Raiders offense and that obviously helps a lot. And I think rugs will get plenty of touches and yeah, we've seen that he can do plenty with it. Um, so yeah, getting him at 12, I think is a nice pick up there and it's hard to pass on him for one of those running backs that have probably got even more question marks and yeah. some of these other wide receivers that I think have maybe got better landing spots, but I think a sort of lower level of talent. So yeah, I'll take rugs at the end of the first round and be pretty happy about it. I think. Yeah, I would be as well. I think that you a lot a lot of people had him pegged as just sort of a vertical guy in this offense, and then if you're worried about Carr being able to get the ball to him in that sort of aspect, but I think that they're going to be doing a lot of short yardage plays, getting in the ball, um, screen games, um, getting in the getting Carr to get the ball out quickly to him in space and let him do the work because he's so quick that he can. He could be sort of like a mini Tyreek Hill for them. So they kind of say like it's a copycat league where they're looking at the teams in their division. How can we get like them teams and compete with the teams to win our division? And I think a lot of people have looked at the Chiefs and said, how are they doing it? 
And then I think quite a few of the guys, I think actually all of the uh, AFC West teams addressed a speed receiver in the draft. So you're looking at how are we going to compete with that? And they've all gone out. And I think that Ruggs is the clear guy to be the number one there um, at the Raiders. So picking him up at the end of the first round is great value. So into the second round and... Yeah, I think tough decision again, really. Here, I think uh, it's a tough second round at the moment. But yeah, have you got a thirteen? Um, I think that my, I think that it's still quite clear who I'd take here, and that for me would be Brandon Ayuk, um, for, for where he landed in the 49ers. I think that they, there was talk that they had him as their number one wide receiver on their board, so they obviously clearly, clearly love this guy. Um, they're, I think they're going to be using him, um very similar to what they wanted Manny Sanders to do. They had kind of an aspect of that at the end of last year, how they want to use this guy. Um, Quick, rangy, uh, ginormous catch radius. I mean, he's got probably the biggest wingspan out of any wide receiver in this draft. And he's he's only about six foot, six foot one. So he's not a tall bloke, but his his catch radius is amazing. Um, I think that they'll use him a lot similar to someone like Golden Tate, getting the ball in space, hard to bring down. So picking him up, beginning first uh, first pick here, him and Debo will be sort of the 1A, 1B. Because uh, Shanahan recently hasn't really sort of honed in on one sort of guy as his number one running back or his number one wide receiver. So I think that it'll be sort of a tag team partnership with him and Debo. So if you're worried about Samuel's um, touches, I think that he's still going to be absolutely fine. Um, for this offense, so yeah, Brandon Ayuk for me would be uh, the first pick round two. Yeah, nice. I think he fits so well in there. I think he's uh, yeah, yeah. I think he's 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 got such a good landing spot, and yeah, I think uh, yeah, good value there at thirteen. Um, again, it's it's enough a wide receiver. I think here, um, I'm going Justin Jefferson. My my only real worry about him is I think he's so similar to Fields. I think they're similar style of players, but. I don't think they'd have drafted him if they didn't have a plan to use him there. And yeah. there's not really much competition now. I think he slots straight in as a second option. It's what Carl Rudolph, Carl Rudolph, sorry, Irv Smith, I guess, the two tight ends there. I don't think yeah. they're really going to take too many touches away from him. Um, Tajay Sharp, I think, is the third wide receiver there right now, which, yeah. you know, isn't great. So I think just on pure sort of volume of sort of expected targets, I guess, then. I think yeah. Jefferson there at 14 is amazing value, especially in PPR. I think he's going to get a lot of touches. And we saw in college that his production was incredible there. And that's always a good sign. And hopefully he can yeah. translate that to the NFL. Yeah, definitely. I think that you're talking about a guy there that's going to walk straight in as the wide receiver too, learn off Thielen. Um, he's a really good route runner anyway. Um, and that'll only get more polished with uh, Thielen there, him mentoring him. Um, and like you said, you, there's no real competition for him. So you're talking about a player that can probably walk straight in and get you sort of a, a floor of a 700, 800-yard season and probably eight or so touchdowns. So he's straight away a great flex option and you're getting him at the beginning of the second round. So the the um, yeah, the yeah value there is insane, really, getting Justin Jefferson at, at, at that pick. Yeah, I like it there. So Tricky now. It's tricky because this is where it drops off for me. I think that around 14 players in, it kind of drops off a little bit of a tier, um, which is insane to say um, that it's that deep um, with the talent there. So I'm going to probably take... 
I think I'm going to take your guy that you like. I think I'm going to take LaVisca Chenault here um, at the 2-3. I think that people are going to be worried about that landing spot. Um, and look at Gardaminci saying you're going to be throwing in the ball. But I think that with Dynasty, you really just have to look long-term. Competition here is Didi Westbrook. They won't be paying him, so he'll be off soon. Um, Marky Slee, they've already got rid of. Then you're talking about Connolly, um, Keelan Cole um, and Chark. So Chark is obviously the clear guy, but 12 months ago, you probably could have got him for a fifth round rookie pick. So you're talking about a guy here now that is going to get heavily targeted. They're going to be using him short screen games like he's one of the best in the open field, creating on his own. Um, kind of like that Percy Harvin sort of player. Um, not as athletic, clearly, but I think that if you can get the Jags working maybe with a new QB in the 2021 season, leave him on your bench as a dynasty asset, maybe fill in for bye weeks. Come the 2021 season, you'll be very happy that you made that pick at the earlier second round. So for me, it'll be a little bit of Chenault there. Yeah, like I said, I do love him. I think he's such a fun player. Um, yeah, there was other landing spots I'd have probably rather ended up in just because. I think yeah. it could have been really fun if he ended up like the Saints or someone, but obviously it didn't work out. But yeah, I don't think the Jags is a worse than what you say. I don't think there's competition there, but none of it's sort of real high end. And I think he can definitely get his touches. But yeah, as I say, long term as well, I think his prospects are really good. And I love him as a player. And I don't think the Jags is the worst spot in the world because there's a good chance they'll be drafting a pretty good quarterback in a year's time, isn't there? So. Yes, they're probably a top five pick, if I'm honest, next year. Yeah. If you're going on current, what do you think, they, how they're going to be at this season? I think they're going to, they're going to struggle in that, um, that uh, AFC South with, with the Colts, the Texans and the Titans. They kind of look like the fourth team there. So all of a sudden you're saying, well, they're definitely going to be a top 10 lock, probably a top five because no disrespect, but I don't really think that Minshew's going to be the guy there to be able to get them sort of seven six, seven wins, I think they're going to be closer to four or five. And then in that situation, you're talking Chargers were a five-win team last season, they were a pick six. So that's roughly where I'll be looking at the Jags picking next year. And that's there's a good QB class next year. So I think that that will be, um, the Jags will be heavily targeted to be taking one in the 2021 season. So, yeah. You're going to be sitting here in a year's time and he's Trevor Lawrence's number one target, couldn't you? So, yeah. yeah. That's it's, exactly. I feel like he's definitely got the upside there compared to some of these other sort of players around this spot. Yeah, definitely. Um, so two five. So, uh, pick sixteen, isn't it? Is it now? Yeah, sixteen. This, this is a tough one again. It's the same sort of thing. Um, I'm going to go for Michael Pittman. Um, I think again. I think it's just one that out of the players that are the left. I feel. It was him or Mims, really, with their sort of two. Um, again, maybe Vaughan, he was the other one that sort of comes in there for me. But I feel like Pittman's, again, got the easiest sort of opportunity to get on the field early. Um, again, it depends on your situation, if you can wait. But then I do like Pittman as a player anyway. I think he's a talented wide receiver. And the Colts, obviously you've got T.Y. Hilton as their number one, but can he actually stay on the field this year? He couldn't really last year and... I mean, it's hard to believe that all of a sudden he's going to sort of grow some new hamstrings, isn't it? So yeah. there's a good chance Hilton misses a lot of time. You've got Paris Campbell, who's obviously going to go into his second year. They'll be hoping that he can develop a bit. But um, 
yeah, I think there's a good chance that he sees the field a lot. And obviously, Rivers throwing to him is pretty nice. Um, certain charges, what he can do with some of these younger wide receivers. And I think, yeah, Pittman's got a good opportunity to get on the field early. And I think he can contribute a lot. And he's a talented player who sort of fits there quite well. Yeah. Yeah, I think that I think the people that were high on Pittman will just be they'll be quite happy with that landing spot there, um, going to someone um, with caliber of Rivers thrown in the ball. If he can nail down that sort of middle, that sort of big slot guy, then you can see that they could it could work quite well as a harmony, and you can you can um, get some very good points off of him this season. I think that people that maybe weren't quite as high on him might look at T.Y. Hilton there, might look at Paris Campbell they invested in last year, might look at Jonathan Taylor they've also added. How is he going to work in that offence? So I think that, it, that there's pros and cons with Pittman there, but like you said, at this point in the, in the draft, there's still really good value for him. We could be talking down the line that he, like you said, he's the clear guy, he could come in, do like an A.J. Brown season, and all of a sudden you're talking about him as a really high dynasty asset. So there's some, there's, I think there's quite a high ceiling with him, but also you kind of see him maybe yeah. tailing off and maybe not being worth the pick at the end of the season. So there's some boom or bust potential there with, with Pittman. Yeah, definitely. Um, uh, what, 17 now? Yeah, 17. I'm going to go T Higgins, I think. This is another one where you're going to look at it and say, They've got some serious talent. He's not going to see the field this year, and he probably won't. Um, but you're talking about a, a they've just drafted a quarterback. AJ Green's probably on the tail of it. They've franchised him. He's probably going to be there for one more season. Um, he doesn't stay healthy that much. Boyd's good, but he's a number two. Um, so he's got a very clear path to be that outside guy. So if you're talking about how LSU lined up um, with, Bur- at, with Burrow quarterback, they had obviously Jefferson, Jefferson, Roman in the slot, but they had Ch- Jamar Chase will be coming out next year as that outside guy. I think that Burrow will, be look, at, will look at Higgins as that outside presence that he can get the ball to. Obviously, Higgins isn't as talented as Chase, but I, I do believe in Higgins and I do believe in the talent. So I had him as my wide receiver five coming into this uh, draft and for him to take they've invested high capital in him first pick of the second round so they are going to get him involved in this offense so I think you just have to be patient with Higgins I think that come 2021 again you'll be you'll be very very happy that you picked him up early part of the second round is where he's going so that's huge value for for me for Higgins yeah definitely as I say at this stage you're just looking for upside really I know it's not that yeah. deep into draft but you've got yeah. to take the sort of high upside players I do think he definitely has that and yeah yeah, I think, uh, yeah, good value there at 17. Uh, 18, again, it's a tough one. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll go Mims. Uh, I think I'll go Mims. <laughs> yeah, I will go Mims. Again, I think it's just about sort of opportunity and I think he can go sort of straight in there and get touches from day one. I think yeah. he's a good player anyway and I think they've sort of got good value getting him at what about 50 something wasn't it um but yeah i think he i think he's a real talented player i don't think the jets sort of wide receiver room there is anything to be scared about with him as a landing spot i know he's only a second Mm -hmm. rounder in the end but i think that he can go in and see sort of see the field pretty early on you've got crowder who is a very different type of player i don't think he's got to worry about him too much and 
Yeah. Who else should work? Perryman, I guess, but and he's been up and down through his career. He's not yep. someone that sort of held down a job and then a Nunwa, but you're not too worried about the players in front of him. And I do like Darnold, and I do think Darnold is a quarterback that will be able to get his wide receiver, sort of make them into sort of fantasy relevant players. And I think at six, uh, 18, sorry, you're getting a player that could very well be their number one receiver next year. And yeah, I mean, that's insane value, really, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. I think that I can't really see Perryman being too much to push off. I think Mims is clearly the better talent for me. Yeah. Um, obviously, maybe you could say that the first few games of the season, they might look towards playing Perryman over Mims. But once the season progresses, I think that you've got kind of a flaw that he's going to literally be replacing Robbie Anderson that they had last year. So they're kind of a very similar player, like big vertical vertical guy quick breaks um good catch radius so um mims for me is just a little bit stronger than anderson obviously anderson's probably a little bit more polished in his route running but they're very very similar players for me so i can't really see it missing a beat with donald i think mims is going to pretty much take uh, robbie anderson's role especially towards the end of the season so yeah like i said getting him here is great value really yeah, i do like that there um so we are at pick 19 i think i need to go now but uh who oh, have you got there? I think you mentioned him before. I think uh, Sean Bourne uh, going to Tampa. Um, I think that's going to be my pick here. I think that we were crying out for one of the running backs, one of the big five to run uh, to go to Tampa, and there was talk that they were interested in maybe someone, um, someone like Swift or Dobbins at the early part of the second round. Um, so I think Vaughn landing in that spot, everyone's gonna he's going to be rushing up a few of your draft boards. So you might not be. If you're really interested in Vaughan, it might be that you have to take him earlier than this yeah. um, in in some of your um, rookie drafts. Um, I think that they're going to look at him as uh, the sort of the James White role in uh, the, the Tampa offense. Um, obviously, Brady coming over now. They'll have Ronald Jones more as your power guy. Um, and then Vaughan will be sort of breaking outfield. Uh, he's got better hands than Ronald Jones. So they'll probably use him more in the receiving game. So PPR leagues, you uh, might have a, a nice little um, flex play um, pretty early on with Vaughan. So I think that, again, the, the value in this draft, in this, at this rookie class, I think that a few people were unla- unhappy with some of the landing spots. But I think that the talent of the class shows that they're come next season, 2021 season, a lot of these players that are getting drafted in the first two rounds of your rookie drafts, they'll all be established sort of flex plays minimum. Um, and some of them will be elite dynasty assets. So the depth here and getting uh, Vaughan here is a uh, great value. Yeah, I, I think so. And like you said, I, I, I would struggle to believe that he's still there at 19 in most drafts unless... Yeah. Some of these other running backs fall just because I think we've had like seven wide receivers in a row before him, yeah. and someone's going to need a running back most likely. So he probably yeah, will go yeah. earlier for need. But I think this is sort of where he slots in in terms of sort of rank in the class. But yeah, yeah he def- he's definitely someone that can see the field a lot early on. And I mean, who knows? You might they don't seem to trust Jones. <laughs> no matter how much they say in press conferences and all that, they don't seem to trust him because I mean, last year Barber no. come in so so often when you thought Jones was finally going to get a run and Barber ends up getting to a 90% of the carries for some reason. So yeah. you could be looking at the Bucks running back one for this season at pick 19 yep. and yeah. that could be incredible value. Yeah. He, he, might, he might have an easier path to 
actually get in touch with some of the running backs going in the first round here. Yep. Which yeah, is, most definitely. Yeah, which, I mean, again, that's... In fantasy, it's all about opportunity, really, isn't it? And he's yeah, that's got right. That. Uh, pick 20, then. <sighs> again, this is... It's a tough one. I feel like there's a little drop-off again, but I think I'll go for Chase Claypool. I think... Again, I think it's just about opportunity, and I think he can go there and what uh the Steelers, sorry i should have actually said the team but um yeah you can go there and there's there's some players there that are okay behind juju but i think there's every chance that he can at least compete for sort of that wide receiver two job and even if he's the third option there there's not tons of competition for for touches really and obviously ben likes to throw it around so i think he can definitely get his touches and I think the Cedars is a pretty decent landing spot for him. I think he fits quite well with what they do. I think, yeah, I say, I don't think the competition's that stiff for him there. Like obviously, you've got like Vance McDonald's and like him. He hasn't really worked out for them at tight end. I mean, Ebron's gone there. I guess he's the one that worries you. But I think that Claypool can at least get on the field. And I think there's a chance that he could be the sort of second wide receiver there. And again, at 20, that's sort of all you can hope for is that They've got the upside of at least sort of playing quite a lot, I think. So, yeah, Claypool at 20 for me. And, yeah, I feel okay about the value of him there. Yeah, I think, like we said earlier, that it kind of gets to the point now where you're looking at these players, are they boom-bust sort of guys? So, you're probably looking at there's some good high ceilings and you can argue that there's some nice high ceilings and nice landing spots, but then you can also see that all competition's quite tough there. Are they going to be able to see the field that early? So, these sort of assets you're getting into end of round two, beginning round three, um, all the way down to some rookie drafts have for like five rounds. You're just you're just starting to throw darts now. Not yeah. you're a bit close to the dartboard, so you're going to hit more times than not. But the, the 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 less you get away from sort of you get further down the line, I think that you just got to kind of look through, see what see how there's an established opportunity to get snaps. Um, if you like the talent, watch the tape and then just take some, just take your guys now. I think that that's, that's sort of end of round two. Just target your guys, see who you like, watch the tape. And then, like you said, take the players like Chase Claypool. There's, there's an opportunity there. Cause Washington's not kind of worked out. Is Ebron going to be any good? The running game's not that established. Their offensive line's got worse. So maybe Roth the Circle's going to be throwing it around a bit more. So really, you've got Juju and you've got an emergence of Deontay Johnson, but there's not really anybody else. So Claypool could come straight in, be that wide receiver three. Um, and you look, could be looking at sort of a, a nice flex play, a nice bye week from an end of rookie round two pick. So you can still get good value here. Yeah, definitely. So pick 21 now. So who have you got there? This is tough. <laughs> yeah. I, I think I might go running back here. And I'm, I'm not an AJ Dillon guy, so he wouldn't be going for me this early. A lot of people have start, he started racing up draft boards, which is not really my guy. Um, I might be a little bit biased. Am I going to go with him? Would I go this early? Would I not have to wait? Um, I'm going to go for the Apache State running back Evans here. I think that we've talked about opportunity. Can someone get on the field early? I think that obviously 
I'm not going to try and say that he's going to take over Derek Henry because they're not they're chalk and cheese. Like he is completely the polar opposite of Derek Henry. Derek Henry is going to be the workhorse there. But if you're talking about now that you'll be looking at to get guys on the field, get some flex play out of them, can they establish? Can they be? They can have a certain role in an offense. I think Evans offers that. I think they've just got rid of Lewis. There's a clear opening for the running back too. They invested quite high in him. Um, and I think that he is going to be, he'll be there to be able to play that Lewis role. Um, so I think that it'd be a very, very good backup. And you, you kind of see him and use him as then flex bi-week plays. And if Henry goes down, then all of a sudden you've got someone there that you could, especially towards the end of the season, because they, they might want to work Henry quite a lot. Um, he got a lot of touches last year. They're probably going to still invest in that heavy run style. If there's an opportunity there that he can go down, he is, for me, the clear guy, the next man up. So I think that that, that just screams value there. So for me, it'll be Evans there, uh, the Tennessee Titan running back. Yeah, I, I, I like that pick because, I mean, you never know. Obviously, um, he's only playing on the franchise tag. So come here's time, you never know. He might be the running back one out of nowhere. Yeah. In an, in an offense built for a run game, and as I say, there's every chance Henry could go down. He has had some injuries over his time, hasn't he? And so that workload is is pretty tough to sustain for yeah for any any player. And yeah, I think this is one definitely at this stage. I think there's some options that are sort of tough. Really, is sort of not great options now. I think this is yeah. this is where he starts to struggle. And say you're just looking for the upside, and I do think he does have that upside of yeah potentially being a running back one somehow but uh yeah so 22 this is so don't say it every time but this is tough <laughs> I mean, is, this might be where you start seeing the tight ends go in um yeah but again i don't really love the landed spots for a lot of them all of them have got competition apart from obviously the two patriots guys but uh, they're not my favorite players um yeah uh, I mean, if I was going for tight end, I'd probably go for um, Troutman in New Orleans. Yeah. Just, But I just don't think I can go tight end this early, can I? Hmm. Okay, I'll go, I'll go tight end. <laughs> I'll, I'll talk something to it. <laughs> I'll go Troutman. I think, I think Cook's decent, but I think he's somebody that could lose his job to a good rookie. And I think he is a good player who can... Sort of do a lot there. I think it's a good offense with, as I said before, there's not t- like wide receiver. You've got, obviously, you've got Thomas and um, now you've got Sanders, haven't you? But the rest is sort of, there's definitely opportunity for touches there. Um, yeah, 100%. He, he, can, he can definitely emerge as sort of the third or fourth option if he can have a good year and then maybe, maybe not this year, but sort of going forward, maybe he could take over as that sort of first tight end and make yep. The worry is you don't know what the quarterback situation is going to be like after this year. But I think in terms of landing spot, tight end is probably the best. Is say you've got the Patriots guys, but I don't really like either of them that much. But you think that one of them would have emerged, so maybe it's worth taking a chance on one of them. And obviously, Cole Komet has landed in an awful spot, I'd say, at the Bears, yeah. just because, I mean, they've just paid Jimmy Graham. I don't really believe in Graham, but yeah. I mean, they've just paid him, what, $9 million for the year. They're gonna. It's gonna be hard for him to sort of get out on the field and get touches in. Yeah. What is a questionable passing game anyway? So, yeah. First tight end, I'll go for Troutman in New Orleans. Nice. I think that that for me, he's now 
the, the tight end one. I think that just landing in that spot with Breeze, there's not a lot of competition. You, 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 like you said, we're taking we're taking a chance on the guy, and that tight end, the tight end pool and the market is just pitted with adam averageness really so you're talking about the top three kelsey kittle uh then possibly andrews and then you're talking about guys they weren't even they weren't even on your dynasty radar probably last year in like waller and things like that so it doesn't have to do much to be a sort of top 20 tight end really does it i mean if you're talking tight end premiums he'll probably be go- he would definitely be going probably a little bit higher than this but because yeah. I think now he is the clear tight end one out of all this group I think it's not a very nice draft for tight end so if you were looking for a tight end you'll be able to get some value on him because I don't think anyone's going to be interested in him so you might be able to pick if you're interested in Troutman he's probably the one you're going to have to go for at target early but every, every other tight end really they haven't really fell in nice landing spots so you're talking about a pool now that a lot of people will be scrounging around for the tight ends that were on from from this year already. So the rookie pool isn't great. So I think Troutman here is is the clear one. I think you will have to stretch to the end of round two to get your guy there. So yeah, I think that that is a logical pick, really, Troutman. Yeah, and so it's not like these other options are amazing anyway. So yeah, no. tight, if you can get a tight end that can produce, it can be such a big advantage in fantasy just yeah. because of how bad that position can be. I think my last pick's between two players. I nearly picked Joshua Kelly just because obviously I clearly think that he, they invested a fourth round pick in him charges and I think that he might be, Justin Jackson's a good player, but I think that they've, they have targeted Kelly for a reason, picking him that early in the fourth. I think that they really want to get him in that ground game um, straight away. So that is a possibility, but I think that just because I believe in the talent more, I think Zach Moss will be my last pick, um, the Buffalo uh, running back. I think that Gore's gone. Um, Singletary's there, and they will use Singletary. did very well last year, but I do think that they'll try and use that one-two punch Buffalo. I think trying to get these workhorses now, you're not going to find them this late in rookie drafts. And I think that a lot of the NFL teams now are doing running back by committee. So you're going to be looking at the 1A or the 1B in most of these um most of these teams now um so picking up the clear one or two in them running back committees um is great value still so um moss for me um i I like him um don't get me wrong i think that he's a good running back i don't think he's in the same caliber as the top five um but I think that there is talent there. And I think that he offers something that's slightly different to uh, Singletary's. Probably not as nimble. Um, Singletary didn't run quick, a quick 40 or anything like that. Um, but I think that Zach Moss will do the dirty work. And I think Singletary more in a receiving game. And, and um, sort of the if they're in no huddle and things like that, I think you'll see Singletary on the field more. So if they're controlling the game, I think you might get some nice work out of Zach Moss. Um, and again, if Singletary goes down, there's no real clear running back to there. You've got Yeldon maybe, but I still think he's Yeldon would come in for Singletary more than he would for um, Moss. I think Moss is the clear replacement for Frank Gore. So end of round two, last pick, I think Moss there still offers some nice value. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, I think uh, so. It's a good spot for running backs. Obviously, with uh, Josh Allen there, he's a sort of that sort of run, uh, quarterback can always help sort of free things up for the running back a bit, can't they? And yeah, I think he's definitely going to see some touches and I say he could come in and sort of fill in that role quite well. And yeah, I like, I like that as a landing spot. And say at this sort of stage, you're just looking for upside. 
So we had some uh, technical issues and basically my internet. Um, but we cut off here, but luckily we've only got one pick to go, and it is my pick. And I am going for AJ Dillon uh, from the Packers. I don't love Dillon as a player. Um, I think it's got some I guess, work to do and some issues, but as I said, the whole way through this is about opportunity, and the Packers have spent quite a lot on him. Um, was it picking about the 60s or so? A second round pick anyway, when they had plenty of other needs, and Aaron Jones, as good as he is, um, there have been issues with him over the years, and getting him on the field was tough for quite a long time. Last season, he finally sort of broke through, despite the talent there. And he is a free agent at the end of this year, which, I mean, this to me looks like they're drafting his replacement. And, I mean, if you're giving me OJ Dillon in the Packers' offense, then great, because running backs do do fairly well there on the whole. Um, it's not always clear who it is, but. Last few years, running backs have done quite well, and uh, yeah, I think Lafleur wants to use a running game. That's what they were coming out and saying after after this pick that Lafleur wants to sort of use a running game. I think he is a little bit old-fashioned in that way, but uh, yeah, I think Dylan's going to have the opportunity. It might not be this year. It might be sort of run Aaron Jones into the ground. Dylan maybe get a few touches, but I think going forward, you could in a year's time have the Packers running back one, as I say. Uh, Jones is a free agent in a year's time and this would indicate to me that they're not going to re-sign him so yeah go out and get Dylan at pick 24 and I think you could have a bit of a steal in a year's time I think you could have somebody that is sort of very sought after and whether you use him or trade him is up to you but I think you could be getting a really good player or a really good opportunity rather than a really good player I should say but yeah, that brings us to the end of our two-round mock draft. Um, so it gets tough around the back end of the second round, I think. I think it's, it's yeah, quite tough to sort of pick out. And I think, as I said, I think you're just sort of throwing darts and just picking players that you like, I think, and sort of maybe their opportunity. I think and some players that I like that we haven't mentioned. Um, you know, Benjamin out, of, uh, out in Arizona. He went in the seventh round, but... I really like him as a player. I had him as a fourth or fifth rounder in this draft. Uh, if you listen to our NFC roundup yesterday, you'll uh, hear that I was a big fan of this and he was part of the reason that I think the Cardinals did so well. I think he can come in and challenge for touches really early. I'm not a massive Kenyon Drake believer. I don't think last year, sort of, what you, I wouldn't expect that to be repeated again necessarily, but either way, he's probably the running back one, but I think he can compete and become the second option there at running back and moving forward I do think he's somebody that could sort of wind his way up and become a sort of a real piece of that offense I do think he's a good player um you've got Van Jefferson in um at the Rams again I think it's just about opportunity and they're not probably going to be as good as they have been in the past so they could be throwing the ball more if they're playing sort of from behind a little bit I mean, I think he is going to get on the field. I think now Cooks has gone. Um, there's still some good players ahead of him, but I think he's somebody that could get on the field, and that's all you can really hope for if you're drafting sort of this state. Let's say um, you've got Devin is it Asiasi, I think that's how you say his name. Asiasi, Asiasi, the uh, tight end in, in New England anyway. I say somebody's got to fill that role, and it didn't sort of come so much last year from any of the Patriots' tight ends, but. 
I mean, you've got a young quarterback there. They tend to like tight ends on the whole, and maybe he can go and be that. Um, who else have we got? Sort of Lim Bowden. Um, yeah, an interesting player at the Raiders. I don't love the landing spot for him, but I think he is somebody that could see the field. I think he's somebody that they could do lots of things with, and I think he can sort of run the ball if he needs to a little bit. I think he can, well, obviously, he can catch the ball. So he's somebody that maybe later on you can get um, Joshua Kelly at the Chargers. Again, I think it's tough for him to right now to get that number two role, but if he can, then I think it's a valuable role in that offence. I think they are a team that can support two backs, as they've shown in the past, and Eckler's obviously the man there, but I mean, if he can sort of carve out that sort of number two role, then yeah, it's quite interesting. And then in the quarterbacks, I think once you get past Herbert, as we mentioned, I think it is a big drop-off. And because of that, and because of the landing spots, I think Jacob Eason might be the quarterback four for me. I think that, as I said, it's all about the path to actually play in. And I think for him, he's got the clearest path. You've got Philip Rivers, who, well, one, is not any younger. Um... The, it's Jacoby Brissett is the issue, obviously, but I can't see how the Colts stick with Brissett there um, without trading him. I think he's got too much value to sit as a backup, and somebody will pay out for him. And I mean, maybe somebody will pay a first round pick for him. It wouldn't surprise me if somebody would pay a first for him. And then it's hard not to trade him. So then you've got Easton as a backup then, and it would definitely be a flyer. That's for sure. But I think later on you can get some value in him. And obviously Char uh, Rivers has only got a one-year deal there. So there is a possibility that you could be getting the Colts callback one in a year or two's time. So, yeah, Eason and Hurts. I just don't see the route to the field without injury. And for Love, you could be looking at three years down the line before you've even, even seen him play a snap. So that really drops Love down for me. I'd struggle to draft Love myself. So, yeah, Eason might well be the fourth option there. Uh, we did have a question. Um, it was for our other podcast, but it was sort of quite relevant to this, so I thought I'd uh, ask it on here. It is from uh, at Nick Welsh 14 Nick Welsh, of course. Um, so, he says, probably missed out on this one, but uh, what about the, fan the fantasy impact in dynasty leagues following the draft? Mostly which players have lost value and which ro rookies are likely to drop straight into a starting role? So, I'll skip the rookies dropping into starting role, because I think we've sort of covered that with our sort of two rounds of picks. I think most of the so players that are going to drop straight in will have already gone and anyone else that does is probably coming through injury so that's just sort of hoping for the best on some of these other players but yeah I think we covered that one but some of the players that have been hurt I say Aaron Jones is one in particular so I mentioned him just a second ago I think whether it's for this year or not I think I don't think this year's prospects are hurt too much but I think sort of long term Aaron Jones is a a tough one. I imagine he will get a job, but we've seen with some of these other running backs, once they lose their job at their first team, sometimes it's hard for them to get a starting job elsewhere. But, uh, yeah, he's an interesting one. Um, who else has been hurt? Damian Williams, uh, obviously, with Edward Solaire going there. I think that's a tough one, but I do think he will get his touches. I think both of them will hold their value a little. Um I don't think people that love Edward, Edward Soler, <laughs> such as myself, are probably going to cut the season that happy with his productions. I think he could be somebody that, so at least for this year, he gets a little bit sort of brought down. His ceiling, anyway, sort of lowered from uh, 
Williams being there, I do think Williams will get his touches. Um, Henderson, obviously, a lot of people would have been sort of hoping he could come at this as the running back one, I'm sure, in uh, LA. But I think Akers is going to come in and take over that role, whether it's straight away or pretty quickly. Um, Marlon Mack again, um, similar sort of situation. It's drafting Taylor sort of really hurts him there. Um, again, they, they have been able to sort of support to running backs in the past, although none. it's been tough for that second one to sort of really be consistent, but I mean, it could work out that both of them are sort of assets, but it sort of really lowers the ceiling on Mac, I think. Whether it sort of kills him completely, I don't think so, but I think it sort of lowers the ceiling on him there. Um, Jimmy Graham, although I don't think many things will be banking on him, I do think it sort of really hurts him that they've drafted another tight end in, uh, in Chicago. Obviously, they're paying him a big contract, so you could have... Uh, Sort of bought into the fact that they paying him, so they're sort of almost going to have to use him. But yeah, I think uh, yeah, I think that hurts him there. Um, who else have we got? I'll, I'll go for one more. Let's find someone. Um, yeah, I think uh, Ash mentioned him, but uh, Michael Gallup. I think he's one that probably gets hurt the most by the Lamb thing, and probably drops from sort of a clear number two in a really good offence and a good number two to what will be an excellent number three, but he might be a better real-life player than a fantasy player going forward. He might be, I think he might be struggled to get that consistent production from him that we sort of saw last year. Yeah, I think him there in uh, in Dallas could get hurt by that one. Although I wouldn't be like worried and I wouldn't sort of be looking to trade him away straight away, but yeah, I think of a sort of bigger player, I think he's one that could get hurt a little there. So, thank you for listening. Um, yes, hey, we all our rookie drafts start tomorrow if you're in any of our dynasty leagues. So, yeah, make sure you uh, get in there and sort of get drafting. But, um, yeah, thank you to Ash for coming on. Um, yeah, sorry cut off. Uh, that was a bit of a pain. Um, he is on Twitter at Tills9909S. So, yeah, give him a follow. So he really knows his stuff and... Yeah, he's on our Chargers podcast with uh, Lee Wakefield. They're recording tonight, I believe, so that'll probably be out tomorrow as well, or today, I suppose. So, um, yeah, recording this on Wednesday. So, yeah, sorry if I've said today and tomorrow and it's that. But, yeah, the uh, Chargers podcast should be out about the same time as this, so go and give them two a listen. They're, uh, yeah, it's one of our very best podcasts and, yeah, so much good insight. Even if you're not a Chargers one, it's a good listen. Uh, you can find us here at first and ten underscore on Twitter and first and ten on Facebook, and I am at djg twenty three. So yeah, go and uh, follow all of them, and yeah, make us happy. So yeah, thank you for listening. We'll be back with loads more fancy stuff through the off season. Uh, we might be sort of come back in a few weeks with this one. Um, uh, yeah, we've got some good stuff coming up. But yeah, until then, we will speak to you later. Bye. <laughs>